Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the second season of Talk and Troy. My name is Aiden Berg, and I'm one of the sports editors here at the Daily Trojan. Today, I'm joined by our features editor, Eric He, and columnist, Julia Poe, both of whom are also former sports editors here. How are you two doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for coming on. The main purpose of this show is to talk about the nationwide admissions scandal and the role of the USC Athletic Department. So just as a brief refresher, if you were living under a rock a few weeks ago, uh, on March 12th, federal prosecutors disclosed illegal procedures being used in college admissions across the country, mostly featuring parents bribing administrators to get their children into school. USC's head water polo coach, Jovan Vavik, and associate senior athletic director, Donna Heinel, were implicated and fired that day. Heinel is facing charges that she accepted bribes for allowing students to use fake athletic profiles, and authorities say that Vavik was paid $250,000 to designate two students as recruits in order to get them into the university, even though they didn't play water polo. Both pleaded not guilty to racketeering charges on Monday in Boston. So you two, what were your thoughts upon initially hearing uh, about USC's uh, athletic department involvement in this? I think just shock, not that USC was involved in another scandal, but the the depth and the level that this went up to. Um, Donna Heinel was one of the highest ranking administrators in the athletic department. Um, and then Ravik is obviously one of the best water polo coaches in the country. So the fact that you had it this high up uh, is just was that was a surprise to me seeing their names up there um which kind of speaks to more of it being a you know systemic issue um within the athletic department which uh, we we have seen issues uh, in the past year or so like various scandals that have erupted um but nothing of this of this caliber yeah i wasn't surprised that it happened um when i heard about it i was just surprised by who it was who was implicated in it uh both of them are people that I know Eric and I both have had um, a wide variety of uh, interactions with throughout our four years here at USC, Um, especially Donna Heinel was someone who I had a high degree of respect for with a lot of the work that she's done for women in the athletic department. Um, She's spearheaded a very large movement for LGBTQ athletes in the athletic department. Like this was someone who I respected on an like a moral basis which I think was surprising most to me like this was someone who I looked up to as much as you can with anyone that you're covering um and who I definitely had a high degree of respect for and the same with Vavik uh you know that was I had interviewed him for uh some pretty heavy stories in the past and really had just such a positive interaction with both of them it's really incredible then to turn around and to have these be people that you know, you feel like, you know, not intimately, but on a certain professional level, and then to have just your entire perception of them shattered by this type of event. Yeah, for people who might be wondering how something like this could happen. um, You know, it's because Heinel was the only person who submitted athletes academic records to the USC Office of Admissions. And she was basically just in charge of everything academic related to, uh, you know, how athletes were perceived so when you just have one person in charge of doing that and that person ends up being corrupt then it just really brings down the entire system so and you have to wonder at a school like usc how like how do you think that's okay ever it doesn't matter how much respect or how much uh, experience heinel had how can you ever get to a point where 
like you have that little oversight from either end that you didn't have a higher oversight from the academic side too, because USC isn't, I I don't mean this with any disrespect to schools that um, like Alabama or something like that, where they're not as highly ranked of an academic school. So athletics really does run the school, but we're a school where academics is driving the bus just as much as athletics. And I can't believe that at a university that's attempting to become top tier, that's trying to become like the Ivy league of the West, that we wouldn't have more academic oversight on that end, that the athletics department would be able to get away with something like this. Um, because, you know, we have just as much of an academic image to be protecting as an athletic image. That's just absurd that USC would ever let that happen. And for Lin Swan to say he was blindsided by the whole thing, it, it, that just struck me as someone who isn't, you know, doing his job properly. Um, and Going back to your point about you know it being it being you know like deeper than it actually is, um, I, I talked to Yohan Vavic a, a ton during like my freshman year. I covered the water polo team, um, and he you know he came across as someone who who I respected uh, and who his players respected too. And just the fact that he didn't need to do this is what strikes me most. Is you know, he his his pedigree is. Um, just it's he's water polo royalty. You know, I, I wrote a column on this um, on Sunday. Fifteen time coach of the year, sixteen national championships, twenty five years uh, in charge of men's and women's water polo. He didn't need to do this at at all. And the fact that you know him as as one of the you know longest tenured coaches here, someone who you look up to and respect amidst all the all the various you know rumors and 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 things that are going on with athletics at the school right now, um, to see that sign of consistency just drop is, uh, you know, that that really hits hard. Yeah, just talk about uh, why it was kind of unnecessary from his point of view. I think when you look at a lot of different college athletic scandals, when coaches are involved, it's kind of about trying to maintain a competitive team and, and making the best team possible. Like, for example, at Louisville, when Rick Pitino was kind of involved in you know, coaches being found to abuse sex workers to entice recruits and stuff like that. Kind that was of to, involved. He was well, so yeah, he, involved. He was very, he was very involved. In As it. a Louisville fan, he was so involved. <laughs> yes, he you know, had a big part in that. But I think, you know, the big reason for that was he was trying to not only entice big recruits, but also get them to, like, stick around. And obviously, I, in my opinion, what he did uh, was a lot worse than whatever, whatever Vavik did, uh, obviously. But in terms of like the unnecessary aspect, whatever Vavik did didn't really affect what the water polo team was doing performance wise. And he could get away with this too, because he was, first of all, he was a coach of both men's and women's. Um, and his, uh, the amount of championships he won, like no one's going to question him at all. Like if, if Johan Vavik says that this recruit is good at water polo, you take him at his word because he's the John Wooden of his sport. So you're not going to, you know, people ask how to slip through the cracks because they had a guy like Vavik who was willing to to do this and to put everything on the line and use his reputation as this, you know, water polo expert, which he was. And, and that was how he, you know, it's able to sneak these, these fake recruits uh, through the cracks. Looking forward, uh, Julia, you wrote an article uh, for us last week on how the USC's new president, Carol Folt, handled the athletic scandal at North Carolina earlier in this decade uh, when she was the chancellor there. What did you kind of find, and what does it say about how you know the USC athletic department might proceed? 
Um, so what I found about Fult is concerning on some levels and uh, good on other levels, I guess. Um, so she entered North Carolina at the beginning of, uh, or not at the beginning, sorry. She entered North Carolina actually at the end part of their huge uh academic scandal where it was basically found that there were a bunch of classes in the african-american studies department that were paper classes where all you had to do was write a paper you didn't have to come to class and then if someone else wrote the paper and turned it in for you you basically didn't have to do any work and a bunch of athletes were taking part in them it was helping to boost their gpas and she came in when there was a massive investigation going on uh, with the NCAA as well as legal investigations going on. Um, and she did a really, really good job of throwing a ton of money at the problem to make it kind of go away. Um, the NCAA ended up not finding any type of, um, basically ended up deciding to rule in favor of North Carolina and say that there were not any violations made because technically the violation was coming from the academic department, not the athletic department. Um, And that was in part because Fult was willing to spend, and through Fult, the university was willing to spend millions of dollars on PR and on lawyers and basically put together a task force to make that happen uh, and to get that ruling to come to fruition. Um, so on one hand, to the USC fan, uh, especially to someone who like has never been to school here, doesn't have a kid here, whatever, that might seem great because uh, Folt is really good at knowing how to allocate resources to make a problem go away um, from the standpoint of what she's supposed to do and especially from where she's coming in at this point after all of these things happened. That's really the best that you can ask of her It's to make it all go away. Um, by whatever means necessary, uh, and that's kind of probably going to be her outlook and her job in that position. Uh, she herself, when we had staff members talk about it, said that she hadn't really, she doesn't have a plan yet. Uh, it's Everything was so fresh around her hiring that she hasn't made an action plan, and she was really transparent about not having one. Um, I think, so I think on one hand, it's good that we have someone that can come in and do really good damage control. But the problem also there is that if we get too good at breaking rules and then using damage control to cover them up, are we just going to keep breaking rules? Um, And I'm very concerned that if we somehow avoid NCAA sanctions through this, that something's going to happen again. Because if we can get through all of this and the worst thing that happens is you know, I mean, losing our water polo coach is horrible because he's so good. But if that's the worst thing that happens and we don't get sanctions and it doesn't hurt football or basketball, no one's going to give a crap in 10 years. So uh, that's my main concern. That being said, it's not that she I don't think she's going to do a good job at what she needs to do. It's just will her ability to cover this up and to get rid of this problem just enable the next generation of rule breakers in the athletics department. Um, And that's where she's going to have to come in with the second prong of also enacting a lot of change in the department to make sure that we like don't have one person overlooking the connection between athletics and admissions, uh, like what we had with Heinel before. So hopefully she has a good plan coming to work right now, but we'll just have to see how it goes. All right. Well, I know you guys have places to be, so I really appreciate you uh, coming on the pod to talk with us this week. Do you have anything that you that you want to plug? Follow me at Eric Esports and um, read my column every Monday. 
It's great. I read it every Monday. Thank you. It's the first thing I do every Monday. I really appreciate it. I wake I up off, in the I morning. Off your week. I go downstairs. I have my two eggs and I and I read your column. That, that means so much to me. Um, you. you can follow me on Twitter too. I yell a little bit less than Eric does about no, basketball. That's you can yell as much as I. Do. Yeah, I yell as much as you do. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, jpo two four six zero one, and you can read my column every Thursday. Uh, I'm sure that that's what Eric does first thing I, in the morning. I, I literally go online when I get up and I, and I read eat your, your banana and I, with my banana. Yes, <laughs> and read my column. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks. Thank you. That's it for this week. Thank you to everyone listening. Help us out by subscribing, rating, and reviewing Talking Troy on iTunes or Spotify. And if you like what you hear, please spread the word. See you in two weeks. This podcast was produced by Natalie Bettendorf, Karin Navadia, Catherine Yang, and Alan Pham. 